Well, at this time, I would like to welcome and say hello to our online visitors. Everyone turn around, wave at the camera. Welcome. We're glad you're here. Uh, we just would like to say that you're in a good place. You're in a good place for the, for the truth today. You know, we know you could be tuned in to anywhere, but we're glad you're tuning in to WHCC. Amen. So if you guys would join me in welcoming our senior pastor, Pastor Jack C., you will Hallelujah. get a word on a firm foundation. Amen. Hallelujah. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Man, so excited. I can't tell you, this is so much fun. Thank you, Mom and Dad. This is just fun. It's just fun. It's fun for me. I pray it's fun for you today. I don't know. I don't know when you leave here if you're like, oh, God. But, you know, it's just fun to be able to preach and teach the Word of God. Yeah, I'm trying something new today, and we're going to see if the beard and the microphone come together as one so that you're not irritated as I am. So, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Before we get into the Word today, a couple of things I want to make you aware of in our bookstore, and I did this purposely so our online guests could see them too. We are selling these cups. It's a double-walled cup in the bookstore. And you know what I felt like? If you wanted to give a good Christmas gift this year, take this cup and fill it up with money and give it to somebody. I guarantee you they'll never throw that cup away. Amen. It'll be like one of those vessels that filled up the oil. They will never throw that vessel away. And also the decal that we're putting back, uh, if you'll notice some of the cars, we have the decals, and these are in our bookstore. The cups are $10, the decals I think are only $5, and it's going into the work of the gospel. So if you want to get one of those, go to the bookstore today, and we'll take care of you. Amen? Amen. Amen. You ready for the word? Yeah. Amen. Chesley, great job. Yeah. That was revelation right there. Amen. She was bringing it. Come on, if we're going to clap, let's clap. Thank you, Lord. I want to start with a scripture, and it goes hand in hand with what Mike and Chesley were talking about. And this is what's the difference between failure and success. This is the difference, and this is not even what I'm talking about today, but how you handle this scripture will dictate how your life is going to be. Okay, the scripture I'm about to read, this is what separates why some people get what they're believing for and live in the blessing and others don't. So would you say that's a pretty important verse? Amen. First Thessalonians chapter 2 in verse 13 out of the Amplified, and it simply says, and we also especially thank God continually for this. That when you received the message of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it not as the word of mere men, but as it truly is the word of God, which is effectually at work in you who believe, exercising its superhuman power in those who adhere to, trust in, and rely on it. If you are just looking at the words that I'm about to speak as words from me, they're not going to profit you. If you are just listening to words that I'm saying, you might get a little blessed, there might be a little something that, you know, that might help you, but if we will listen to it as words from God, anybody like superheroes? Come on, who likes superhero movies? You want to be a superhero? 
Let the word abide in you because in the word there is supernatural, superhero power that can turn you into a superman, a wonder woman, a spider-man, whatever it is, whatever superhero you think is the best, the word of God has the ability to be effectually at work within me to turn me into something greater than I am. But it all depends on how am I treating the Word of God? Am I just hearing a little talk from Pastor Jack, from Pastor Jack, or are you putting your faith in that I spent time with God and I prayed and I prayed in the Holy Ghost and I went back and I restudied and I reprayed so that what I'm about to deliver to you is not from me but from Him? Because if you believe that it's from him, when you hear it, it's going to set you on fire. But it all depends on who you're hearing it from. See, Jesus went to his own hometown. Everybody know who Jesus is? It was God. And there God was limited, not by what was in him, but how the people received him when he got there. We have the ability to stop the flow of God simply by misunderstanding who the real messenger is. I'm just the pizza boy today. Amen? The delivery guy. The pizza's from God. Amen? The word is from God. So as we get into this today, this is not super deep, although I think it's super powerful. Last week, you know, sometimes when I read the Word of God, and you might experience the same thing, that as I'm reading, it's kind of like we have a metal detector in our spirit. You ever look for something with a metal detector? Beep, beep, beep. Well, sometimes when I'm reading the Word of God, I'll go through a verse, and I'll come up on a verse, and it'll start going beep, 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 and then you pass it, and it'll go beep, and I'll come back to that verse, beep, beep, there's something on that verse. There's something that's speaking to my spirit. And last week when we were talking about unrealistic expectations, one of the scriptures that I used really stuck out to me. And so that's where we're going to go today. Today we're going to talk about hope. Hope. Does anybody need some hope? Amen? And don't say, I hope he hurry ups and gets done so I can eat. Hope. This was very, very strong in me as I was preparing this, that there are people in this room and you are without hope. For a number of different reasons, you are hopeless and you are trending in the wrong direction. And I believe that the Word of God and I believe that God through me is here today to tell you, have hope. God is not done with you yet. There is no such thing as a hopeless situation from the Lord. Satan deals with hopelessness. Ten reasons why people lose hope. Ten reasons, and I'm sure there's more. Number one, you feel alone or abandoned. Number two, life seems out of control. Who could say, man, amen, life, that has a way for us to feel hopeless. You don't see a purpose. Number four, grieving a loss. Amen? There's a proper place for grief, but
but if we give ourselves over to it, there is a spirit attached to it, and it does not lead us towards the things of God. It leads us away from God. Amen? The most exciting thing about being a believer, you know what the most exciting thing? That no matter who comes and goes from my life, whether they go to heaven before me or after me, is that we, they're in my future. Amen? Anybody that's gone on to heaven before me, they're not in my past. They're in my future. I don't have to grieve that I'm never going to see them again. I do get to see them again, and I'm going to be with them in heaven, and I'm going to be with them forever. Amen? So don't get caught up in grief. This happens a lot around the holidays, ladies and gentlemen. This happens a lot. The holidays have a way of making us look around and not be excited about all of the future and all of the hope. We, we, we tend to look at what we don't have and what everybody else has. Amen? So, number five, you don't have what you need. That can cause people to lose hope. You don't have what you need. Number six, this is a big one. You've done something wrong. Anybody done something wrong today? Hello. Amen. There's forgiveness today. Number seven, you've been deeply wounded by somebody. Can cause us to lose hope. Number eight, we've been pulled in the wrong direction. Number nine, this is a big one, you're hounded by fear hounded by fear, and number 10, when it looks like defeat. You know, does everybody remember Desert Storm? And this is going back 30 years ago. Some of us were in it, huh? Amen. And I remember all on the news was hearing about this vaunted Republican guard from Iraq. This Republican guard, folks, we have not come up against this Republican guard yet. Oh, just wait till this heralded, this vaunted Republican guard from Iraq. Wait till our troops encounter this Republican guard. Oh, it's going to be a fight for the ages. Oh, they're not going to give up one inch. Do you know what I think Republican guard means? Cowards that gave their guns up and ran as soon as the first tank showed up. The minute this vaunted Republican guard saw American troops and heard the sounds they were making... They threw up their guns because they lost all hope. It didn't matter what they had. You know, can I just, can I, God goes with the American army. God walks with the army of the United States of America. Amen? And there is an anointing on that when the Americans go into battle, there is something that goes before them that brings fear and terror to our enemies. It just does. That army, the American army, it drains the hope of all the armies that come up against it. Amen? So those are 10 things, 10, and I'm sure there's more, um, of how people lose their hope. The scripture that started all this was in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19. And we're going to talk about different types of hope. Hebrews 6.19. It says, now we have this hope as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. It cannot slip. It cannot break down under whoever steps out on it. 
a hope that reaches farther and enters into the very certainty of the presence within the veil. Verse 20, where Jesus has entered in for us. We have such a hope. If you are born again, everybody born again? Amen. Then we have a hope that's not connected to anything in our five physical senses. We have a hope that's connected where we can't even get to it to change it if we wanted to. We have a hope that is established behind the veil where Jesus is himself. That's who our hope is in. Amen? That's what it's connected to. Earthly hope. Does everybody know of earthly hope? The the definition of hope, if you just look at the dictionary, simply means a feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen. Number one thing that you can pick out of that is it is a feeling. Earthly hope is based on how I feel. Are the Texans going to win today? I hope so. Why is, what's my hope based in? It's my hometown team. They don't play today, it's a bye week. It's my hometown team. I have an emotional connection with this team. So I have a feeling, did we want the Astros to win the World Series? We hoped so. Amen? It was based on a feeling. When you ask somebody, well, are you going to make it church to, to church on Tuesday night? I sure hope so. You know what that means? They're not. <laughs> They're not. When we say, I hope so, it's just us trying to cleverly and classily say no. Amen? Um, are you going to heaven? Thank you. If somebody says, I hope so, you have the right person at the right time to minister to them about their eternity. Because if they don't know, they're just a hoping, amen, they don't know. That's a great question. Are you going to spend eternity in heaven? I sure hope so. No, no. We know, don't we? Amen. We know that we know that we know that we know. Earthly hope is not connected or anchored to anything. There is nothing substantial to draw hope from. It's just a feeling limited to our five physical senses. Listen to me. Hope is not a plan. Have you ever heard that before? Hope is not a plan. To send an airplane up in the air without enough gas to get to its, de- to its destination and hoping that it gets there, hope is not a plan. Amen? To not study for a test that's important to you. See, I'm classic. I, I have one son who I ask how he does on his test. Don't worry, he's not here. Jack, how are you going to do on the test? Oh, Dad, I hope I do well. I would cringe when he would say that. I would cringe. But how do you, has anybody ever hoped you pass a test? Did you ever hope? You know what that means? You didn't study. I have never hoped for a test that I'd studied for. Why not? Because I knew the information. I don't have to hope. Amen? I used to pray for the rapture on test day. Lord, I might not go in the first batch, but Lord, I am not ready for this geometry test. 
I hope you come today. Amen? I did. I prayed for the rapture on a regular occasion, knowing, knowing full well that I probably wasn't going to go in the first round when, in high school. Listen to me. Hope is not a plan. Amen? Your life in eternity, there has to be more than just hope. It has to be attached. It has to be connected to something. Amen. And as I said before, as a born-again, spirit-filled believer, I am connected to the very throne where Jesus Christ is. That's where my hope comes from. Amen. I have an assurance this morning. I know that I know that I know. Amen. Where I'm going to spend eternity. I know that I know that I know where my wife, where my children, my parents, my immediate family. See, because we have a deal with God. As for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. Amen. And uh, we're all going together. We have a strict no child left behind policy. Amen. No child, no child left behind. Bible hope is an expectation of what is sure. It is certain. And I love this. You might want to write this down. To anticipate with pleasure, with concrete expectation. Just think about heaven for a minute. Does anybody get sad when they think about heaven? Why not? Because it brings up this hope that's in us. See, we have this hope that we're going to be there. We have this hope that Jesus has gone before us and prepared a mansion for us. I have this hope. And it's not in anything that I feel. There are some days I don't feel close to God at all. I'm so glad that I don't live my life according to how I feel. I'm so glad that I live my life according to the Word of God because the Word of God will trump how you feel. Amen? That's why it's so important for us to abide in His Word. Romans 8.24. It says, For in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is not hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? Listen to me. Hope is always attached to the future. I can't hope for something that happened yesterday. Jack, did you have a good day yesterday? I sure hope so. Well, I already know what happened yesterday. Amen. What's my hope for? My hope is always for the future. Listen to me. This is, this, the Lord gave this to me. You cannot have hope. I'm sorry. I cannot dream without hope, and I can't hope without a dream. If you are going, you, we need to be dreaming about something, looking forward to something. Because when we start looking forward to something, that's what hope is for. It keeps us and it sustains us between asking and manifestation. Amen? That's what hope is for. Hope is activated when I have something to believe God for. I'm not believing God for something that I can already see. I'm not believing God for a wife. I got a great one. Amen? My hope is, is that the more I get to know her, the greater our marriage and our relationship is going to be. I have hope in our relationship moving forward. That's what hope is for. People that have no hope cannot see beyond today. You are stuck in today. You can't even dare to dream that there's a better tomorrow for you. Because you've been so beat down by family members, by things that have been spoken over you, 
Folks, if you watch the news, you're going to be hopeless. If you watch the news, we've already had an ice age. There's global warming, global cooling. All the politicians should be in jail. Anybody should say amen to that. No, all the politicians. Amen. This side is right. This side is wrong. There's wars. There's rumors. There's more flu. There's bugs. There's environmental stuff. All of it. If you watch the news, every bit of it is designed to take all the hope out of you for today. And let me tell you something. All the news can do is report what they can see or what they want to see. That's why I don't put my faith in a news You know, when we all get together and discuss politics, you know what it means? We have a television. We're all getting information from the same places because we watch television. Makes none of us an expert in what we're hearing. None of us know the full truth. It's how it's reported and it's how it's received. But hope, hope is for tomorrow, amen? I have a hope. I have an expectation from God. I have something to put my hope into. Hope is one of the big three New Testament words. Who knows the other two? Faith, hope, and love. Those are massive New Testament words, amen? Faith, hope, and love. So let me ask you this. Where do we get our faith from? Whose faith do we have? God gave me a portion of his faith. Have faith in God, for verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea. Amen? God gave me a portion of his faith to use. Okay? Whose love did he give me? His. Right? When I got born again, he gave me a portion of his love. So I'm setting you up. This is going to be really hard. Then whose hope do I have? He gave me a portion of his hope too. Isn't that exciting? That it's not this earthly hope that I am limited to by my five physical senses. He gave me a portion of his hope. What does God hope for? That's a good question, isn't it? He hopes we all make it there for the marriage supper of the Lamb. That's what he hopes. (laughs) Amen? He put hope in each and every one of us so that we would not be prisoners in this world, so that we would not be limited to our circumstances. It doesn't matter. This is terrible, but I watched a John Wayne movie last week called The Green Berets. Anybody ever seen The Green Berets? John Wayne. It was the only single pro-Vietnam movie I think ever made where it actually showed the United States like it showed us in World War II. I mean, it really had a very positive spin to it. But in one scene, I'll never forget, there's a man that's serving as a doctor. He's caring for this very, very older, elderly Vietnamese man. And another soldier comes in, and they notice that he's spoon-feeding him alcohol. And that soldier's like, well, what's wrong with him? And the doctor says, everything. He says he's got plague, he's got this, he's got that. He's broken, he's beat. But then he finished with this line. He said, he has no hope. And it was killing him. If we don't have hope, it can kill us. That's how dangerous that it is. Amen? We were not created to be hopeless. And I don't know what kind of situation you're in right now. I don't know what circumstances that you're, you're dealing with. 
but Satan wants to get you into a place where there is no hope. It's never going to change. It's always going to be this way. They're never going to see it your way. And all of a sudden, slowly, 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 we develop, we, we lose all our hope. Amen? God does not want us to be hopeless. Remember, who is our anchor connected to? It's Jesus. Remember, even when you feel alone, if you're a born-again, spirit-filled believer, you are still connected to the rock himself. Amen? You are anchored to something. See, when, when, when we talk about um, hope, and, and we're going to talk about a scripture here with Abraham, Peter didn't hope that he would walk on the water when Jesus called him. Amen? He didn't have an earthly hope. What kind of hope did he have? He put faith in what Jesus said. And when he put faith in what Jesus said, he didn't need to hope. He stepped out onto it. Hope is a water-walking word. If you have hope, biblical hope, get past the earthly five physical senses, believe God, you'll walk on water. Whatever your situation is, is it impossible to walk on water? Was it impossible? It was in the natural sense. But with God, all things are possible. To whom? Who believe. Amen. It's so important. Hope is what helps us believe. Hope is what carries us in our times of standing and believing God for something by faith. Anybody believe in God for anything? Let's try that again. Anybody believe in God for anything? Now, whatever you're believing for, when you think about it, does it make you smile? You know what that is? That's hope. That's hope. How would I want to sit there and be depressed about something I'm believing God for? I'm believing God for a new house or a new car. Oh, that makes me so sad. Oh, I just wish I would just die and go be with Jesus. Oh, the thought of that new house paid for in full. Oh, no. It gives us joy. Think about the family member that you're believing God for. Do you see them born again and saved? Does it make you smile? That's hope. Amen? That's what hope is for. It sustains us when all physical circumstances are speaking contrary to what you're believing for. It's hope that will sustain you. When we go in and do outreaches in nursing homes, you know what we tell people? There's hope. Maybe you're in this place physically, but you don't have to be here spiritually. There's hope. There's a future. Do you know that we're all going to live forever? We understand that this little earth junket we're on right now is the smallest part of your life. This part of the earth that we're spending here together, this is the smallest amount of time that you'll ever spend here in the earth. When We, we are stepping into eternity. Amen? And we better, you better have a hope about where you are going to spend your eternity. Amen? And who you have your hope into. So there are several scriptures, Colossians 1, 4 through 5. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all the saints, verse 5, because of the hope. Over and over and over in the New Testament, you see this theme of faith hope and love. Listen to me. Those words are eternal words. Hope is an eternal thing. Amen. Hope is not a feeling. Hope is not a plan. Hope is in our eternity in who he is. 
See, you should feel better already. If you came in here today and if you were sad, if you were lonely, if you were depressed, you should already begin to feel better. Because now you've heard it from someone, you've heard it from God, you are not alone. And you are not forgotten and your situation is not hopeless. As long as you have him in you, it's a, no, it's, it's a win-win situation. Remember we talked about last week, I don't believe in the no-win situation. I don't believe in it. I believe that there's a win-win in Christ because of who he is and who we are in him. Amen? I don't believe in it. What you are connected to is what you are placing your hope in. Whatever you're connected to. If your faith is in the stock market, then guess what? If the stock market's up, you're having a good day. If the stock market's down, you're having a bad day. Why is that? Because your hope is connected to what's happening in the stock market. If your hope is in sports, you've just learned the greatest lesson you can about Houston sports. So I tell my kids, sports is the cruelest mistress there is. She will, she will dance you all the way to the front and rip your heart out and laugh at you while she's doing it. She will take you two and a half outs away from winning the World Series and then boom, nope, I'm gone. I'm going to snatch you and all your hope with you. Amen? So what are you putting your hope in? Are you putting your hope in a spouse? Are you putting a hope in a job? Are you putting hope in a business? Are you putting hope in, in, in gambling? What are you putting? Because however that thing goes is going to dictate what kind of life that you're living and how happy you're going to be. See, but when my hope is in him, amen, he's never let me down. Jesus has never let me down. And I can always, you can always put your hope in him. He will always be there for you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. And even in the worst of circumstances, even things that we have done to ourselves, self-inflicted wounds, there's still hope even if you've made mistakes. Somebody needed to hear that this morning. You think you've made a big mistake. And because you've made that big mistake, God somehow can't use you or he's done with you. And I'm here to tell you, even in the midst of judgment, there's hope. Amen? And I'm going to prove it to you. I'm going to prove it to you. Jeremiah 29.11. Does everybody know Jeremiah 29.11? Let's say it. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will answer you, and you will search for me when you find me with all of your heart. Amen? Now, how many of us use that scripture on a regular basis? For I know the thoughts. I'm so glad that there are so many men and women that study the Bible. Amen? Because I heard this from Jimmy Evans, and it just, it just kind of transformed the way I was even thinking about this this morning. Jeremiah 29, 11 was not written to just the congregation of Israel. It was written to a people that were going into captivity for 70 years. And this was at the very beginning. Israel had messed up had messed up. God would send prophets. He'd tell them to repent. They would transgress his laws. He would send a prophet. They wouldn't repent. And finally, he would, they would be carried away into captivity because of their own behavior and their own acts against God. Amen? So right now, Nebuchadnezzar has invaded 
Israel is about to be tarried into captivity for 70 years, and you would think that God would be like, I told you. I told you what was going to happen. I've been telling you for years. I've been sending you prophets for years, but no, you didn't listen to me. You didn't heed my voice, and this is what you get 70 years without me. And God, right at the onset, says, for I know the thoughts that I have for you. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you a future and a hope. God was saying, yes, there are some earthly repercussions for what you've done. But my thoughts and plans for you have never changed. Now, you and I are going to have to take a little 70-year time out. But guess what? I'm going to be right here. I'm going to be right here. I'm going to be right here just as soon as this 70 years is up. I cannot wait. I'm going to be right here. And I'm going to be the first person you see when you get out of jail. And I'm going to be the first person that comes to visit you. Now, look, you're going to go into captivity for seven years, but... Go ahead and, and get married. Read Jeremiah 29. Go ahead and, 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 and raise farms and, and grow food and eat it. You go ahead. You start, you live your life, okay? And I'm going to miss you. And yes, this does put a little bit of a damper, but you know what? It doesn't change my thoughts or my plans for you because I love you. Amen? So if you're in this room today... And you feel that even by things that you have done by your own design. You know, if I were to go rob a bank today, which I wouldn't. Just wanted to get that on camera. And I go to prison and I get wonderfully and born again. Amen? There's still an earthly penalty for what I've done. Sometimes there are earthly penalties for the things that we've done. Does everybody understand that? But God doesn't change the way that he thinks about us, and God doesn't change the way that he loves us, and God doesn't hold us in a spiritual prison. Oh, thank you, Lord. See, there is no such thing as a spiritual prison. That's why even if you do go into jail, you're free to grow in him. He doesn't stop you. They might limit what you can and can't do physically, but they cannot limit what you can do in him. See, there is no spiritual prison. You can grow in Christ. You can grow in God. Amen. And I just truly believe that there are people in this room today that are just need some hope. So how I want to end the service this morning is I'm going to ask the pastors, my mom and dad, Mike and Chesley. I'm going to ask Michelle. I'm going to ask Tanessa. I know that Virgil's on his way to Austin, but I'm going to ask them to come up front. And I don't know if it's one person, and I don't know if it's 20 people. But I heard this in my spirit. There are some people here that just need some hope. And so how we're going to end the service today is uh, there's going to be a little bit of music behind us. We're going to lower the lights a little bit. And maybe this isn't you, but I just thank God it's not. Amen? And I'm just going to humbly ask as we enter in just to a little bit of worship right here. And if that's you... If you just say, I just need somebody to agree with me. I just need, a, I just need somebody that, I need people to know that God's listening to me, that he hears me. Amen. And if that's you, then I'm going to ask you just to come down front.